line. Calling on the golf line for your swing, for your swing. Golf line, golf line. Can't you call it on the golf line with Jay Larson? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Golf Line Podcast with Jay Larson. I am your host, Jay Larson. Uh, as always, you can find me on social media, Jay Larson Comedy, on Instagram and TikTok, also on Facebook. Please follow the Golf Line Podcast on Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review, everybody, at your favorite locations. And tell your friends. That's how you get the word out there. Reshare on social media. If you see a post, reshare it. Tell your friends. Build that community. That's how we get more people listening. Uh, Always the podcast is available every Tuesday on audio. On Wednesday, video will be available if you just like to look at my pretty face. And most importantly, please call in and leave your question, story, uh, advice request. 1-833-MY-GOLF-LINE. 1-833-MY-GOLF-LINE. Oh, man. Sometimes I just like to look at old scorecards. I don't know about you guys. I like to like take out an old scorecard and be like, oh, what? I shot an 86 that day. How many times did I hit the frit? Sometimes I'll mark down. If I golf by myself specifically, I always mark down when did I hit the fairway, how many greens in regulation, how many putts. Put it this way. Anytime I GIR'd, par. Anytime I hit the fairway, par. Anytime I three putt, bogey or worse. Um... I'm excited about today, guys. Uh, today on the show, I'm going to run through some voicemails, some people looking for advice, other people sharing stories, and I'm going to actually, we're going to give a call out to Cleveland and chat with this guy who's going through some stuff. Uh, I have a small addiction problem. I uh, I like to sneak up to the roof at work and hit golf balls off of it. Yeah, so uh, we're going to sit down and chat with him because clearly... He's got some stuff going on. And then I'm going to sit down with my good buddy, hilarious comedian and actor, Brent Morin, who I love to death. But first, today's show, I want to talk about golf balls, okay? Now, listen, I know there's all types of golfers out there, and we've all been through phases. I have golf balls that I love, and I'm like, this is what I'm playing, and then, which is a Pro V1 or Pro V1X. To me... Those are the, the best golf balls in the game, okay? Those are the best golf balls in the game. But every now and then, I'm like, I'm not spending any more money on golf balls. You know what I mean? Now, luckily, I got a buddy up in San Francisco who walks his dog along a golf course and collects balls and all Pro V1s and 1Xs he gives to me. I am not ashamed. Dude, you don't think I've gone through and ordered used golf balls online. You know, like the refurbed? I went through that phase. I would buy them Pro V1s because I'm like, oh, they're cheaper. You know what? They're just not as good. I'd rather, because they refinish them and they, they just don't have the pop. <clears throat> now, I will, I, I don't care about a used ball. That's fine. You know what I mean? I'm talking about the refurbed aren't as good. I've gone through practice ball phases where I'll just buy practice balls. I've also gone through phases. These are the balls that I've tried to, I've just thought to myself, this ball's just as good as a Pro V1. I tr- I'm, not, I'm not afraid to admit the uh, tailor-made A ball. Remember that ball? Yeah, I went through a phase with that. I'm like, this ball's just as good. And you know what? I would hit that ball. I played it for a long time. And then there would be days when I would just like lose a ball and I'd reach in my bag and I'd find a no Pro V1 or Pro V1X and I would hit it. And I'm like, oh yeah, that ball's way better. I also went through a phase where I was hitting a noodle. 
I'm not, I will come out and admit to you folks that I used to hit a noodle, okay? Now, did I have to go to therapy for that? Yeah, I did. It took me a long time to be able to even admit to people that I played a noodle. But you know what I kind of loved about it? Is that my ex-mother-in-law, who's one of the greatest people in the world that I know to this day, that's one of her nicknames from her other grandkids. So it was kind of special. For a while, I played a top-flight Nature Valley granola bar ball. Why? Because my ex-father-in-law, one of the greatest human beings ever known in my life, gave them to me. And they became like a good luck ball. I used to have a golf ball that I stole from a Max Fly ball that had the name Leland on it because I used to babysit for this kid Leland and he had all this nice shit. They had money, you know what I mean? So I'd steal golf balls from the backyard. Don't tell anybody. That was another ball that I would play. Like, you ever do you have that like good luck ball that's in your bag that you just pull out when things are going bad? You're like, you know what? I'm not playing well. Let me pull out the Nature Valley or let me pull out the Leland ball. Uh, I did try these Wilson. Like, they came in, like, a two-pack. They gave them to me at Roger Dunn one day. And I'm like, they were super soft. I mean, like, this thing would suck back no matter what. Like, I could hit a four-iron, and this thing would suck back. And I was just like, that's – I can't do that ball. Um, but I always come back to the Pro V1, Pro V1X. I do have these balls that I keep in my bag. If I go somewhere special, I know it's lame. They were my grandfather's. Look at this. Dynaflight. For those of you who are listening, you can't see, but it's a Dynaflight. And I think my grandfather got these off television. You know what I mean? That's like when you that's like when you could really hoodwink people. Back in the 60s, 50s, when they would just like put on TV, like, this is the best ball ever. You guys, people would be sitting at home being like, oh my God, this is the answer. This is the fucking answer. Look at these golf balls. Dynaflight? You would just get them because they would tell you. You know what I mean? When they would do these like, they probably came on after golf, half-hour infomercial, and my grandfather's probably sitting there like, this is going to be the answer. I'm, I'm 68 years old. I can't hit the ball 220 off the tee anymore. Let me get the Dynaflights. Dynaflights. When I was a kid, we got into Pinnacle Golds. Can you believe that? Can you believe anyone? When it came out, they just put gold on it. They put gold on it. And we were kids. We were like, Pinnacle Gold, it's gold. Gold's valuable. I'm playing the Pinnacle Golds, baby. And we got into those. I always loved Slazenger when I was a kid. Like, first of all, we didn't buy golf balls when we were kids because you just get golf balls wherever you could. I would go to my grandmother's house in Reading, Massachusetts. What's up, Reading? Arch rival to Stoneham where I grew up. Don't fuck with us. And uh, we go to my Nana's all the time. And me and my brother would just sneak over to the golf course and go through the woods and find golf balls. That's all we would do. So, like, I never even think back. Like, back then, guys would be golfing at their country club and just see kids in the woods. It's just like, isn't that kind of weird? Like, what are these kids doing over there? That was us. We were always grabbing golf balls. Um, that's pretty much my golf ball history, okay? Pro V1, Pro V1X. I don't care who you are. Now, you might be just a weekend warrior. You know, you like to get out there and play nine with, like, a couple Bud Lights in your cargo shorts. If that's who you are, you're like, I could play any ball, dude. I play any ball. I can't. Listen, I got gotcha. you. I, I got gotcha. you. You could play any ball because you're not that good. And I don't care. I don't care if people are good or bad or great or mediocre. Just admit who you are. That's all. I used to play with this one friend. And we're playing one day. He was horrible. He was horrible. And every time he hit it, it would just, it would, it, I'm not even talking a slice, Okay. I'm talking a right-hand turn. This thing would right-hand turn. And my other buddy just kept going, get left, get left. And finally, on the, like, 
15th hole, I was like, it's never getting left. Can we stop yelling, get it, get left? There's no, you don't need the courtesy. He knows it's never getting left. We don't need to keep saying it. You say get left when it's, a, when it's a buddy who's pretty good. And it's like, you can tell like his shot's off a little bit or he made a mistake. That's when you yell, get left. Not every single shot when the guy is just horrible at golf. You could be horrible at golf, but just, let's just know what you are. You know what I mean? Because when you're that bad, I'm just going to go, just drop out there, bro. Don't even sweat it. You know what I mean? If you're hitting that bad and you're taking it, anyway, I'm on golf balls, not on that clown. Um, now, there is one golf ball. And my son found it at the golf course we were playing, this little nine-hole par three. It's an executive course. And uh, this golf ball I'm holding in my hand is the most, to me, iconic golf ball that's ever been made. Now, you know, there's all these new golf balls. I tried I tried the vice ball for a while. My buddy got me into it, and it was good for a while. And then again, I went back to Pro V because it's the best ball. And then he's playing the cut ball now. He's like a gimmick guy. Well, I'll talk. He's going to be on the podcast soon. But anyway, the ball I'm holding in my hand, if you can't and you're not watching this video, it is the two-piece, two-color ball, ping ball. Do you remember this ball? Anyone. It's half green, half white. Ping. This ball, they used to do it in like fluorescent yellow and pink two-sided. And I'm talking, this was like in the 90s. I don't know. Maybe it was up before then. The greatest ball ever. When I, the course that I played as a kid, there was this metal thing that came down. And when you showed, you didn't make tea times. You'd show up, you'd drop your ball in, and that's when you went. And you always drop the ping ball in, bro. When people saw that ping ball, they're like, oh, this guy's legit. And this is what you would practice on the putting green. This was before, excuse me, I took golf super serious. Not super serious, but cared. Now I only roll on the practice screen what I'm going to play because I want to get a feel for it. You know what I mean? You want to get a feel. But this ping ball, when my son found it, I was just like, dude, do you have any idea what you just found? You just found one of the most rare golf balls. This dude, I posted on Instagram the other day, like, and I just said, if you know, you know. And this guy hit me up, and he's like, dude, that ball is $7 you can get on eBay. And I'm like, first of all, I'm not selling this ball. Second of all, I don't, yeah, I don't need 7 bucks that bad. Um. I'd rather just have that ball. And I'm also not going to go buy them. I, I don't know why Ping isn't making them again. You look at like what Vice and, you know, even TaylorMade started doing those soccer ball. Or Callaway's doing the soccer ball and TaylorMade does those triangle. triangle one. I mean, I don't get down with those. But seeing this Ping rip through the air is dope. And when you see it putt, when you see this thing putt, dude, it's just like, it's the raddest. Raddest. And guess what, guys? Yeah, what ball you're playing says a lot about what your game is. You know, oh, here's the Dynaflight right here. Yeah. Now the world's per- first perfect golf ball. Now take strokes off your score with the world's first lifetime golf ball. That's what they were selling here. Lifetime. Never going to need another ball. You know why you're going to need one? Because you're going to hit it in the woods or you're going to hit it in the drink. As seen in Golf Magazine and Golf Digest. This was back when they could just take advantage of people. Um... At the same time, let's be honest, I feel like I could grab any clubs and play. I don't think I'm going to go out there and play like, I'm not going to play like a, what is that Titleist hardcover ball? Like when you get older, I know I'm going to need harder balls. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, we all need harder balls. But you get what I'm saying. You, you know, I don't care what you play. I just know that I'm I, Pro V1 or Pro V1X is where I'm at. 
<sighs> that's enough about golf balls, guys. Okay, that's enough about golf balls. Um, but we do have a caller. Um, we have a great voicemail that does have to do with golf balls. So I want to take this call from you guys. Again, they called in at one eight three 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 my golf line This is Mike from Texas. Take a listen. Jay, what's up? Michael in Texas. I have listened to every crab feast, and I'm a huge golf fan, so I'm thrilled about this new adventure with you and Eric Anders Lang. Um, play ping G15. It's been playing for 11 years. I'm about a 20 handicap. Never established one, but I usually shoot low 90s. Break getting the 80s sometimes. Uh, honesty. During the pandy, That's honesty, guys. April Fool's Day. Sounds silly. Dropped an ace on an all-water carry par three, 167 yards. Hit my six iron, little hurting wind. And I did not tell the pro shop that I made it because of the overwater carry. I used a range ball that had a stamp on it that said practice. And I had the video. When you walk up and you look in the hole, the word practice is staring up at you. And I was too embarrassed to tell them that I was hitting their range balls on the course. So, anyway, don't know if it's good enough for the pod, but anyway. Mike, first of all, I love you, buddy. I love you. Um, okay, let's break it down. I love that this has to do with the golf ball. First of all, we've all been there, bro. We've all been hitting over water and been like, you know what? Let me put the good balls away. That's such a golf a golfer thing. Like, I don't trust that I'm going to get this thing over, so I'm just going to I'm just going to grab a practice ball. First of all, I like that you steal, bro. I just like people who steal in general. You know what I mean? It's just fun. Like, who cares about a couple balls you stole off the range, right? It's not hurting anyone. I got a great buddy, Court McCown. We're going to have him on someday. Great comedian, super funny, and he used to caddy for Jesper Parnovic on tour. And I remember being at the driving range one day. We we're going to golf, and he's taking the bucket going up over the top of the, the range machine, the, the ball machine, and scooping balls out. That's what he would do. So listen, the best of them are doing it. He's a scratch, by the way. So the fact that it happened on April Fool's Day I think is hilarious, Mike, because first of all, you got a hole-in-one, dude own it okay and what do you think the worst thing that was going to happen is i love that you still have you, you still got this like scared kid that like you're gonna go to the pro shop and they're like wait a minute you steal that ball they're not gonna care bro they're gonna be like you got an ace but what would happen is you wouldn't have a witness right i think you need to have a witness either way i don't i don't care about all that anyone who's gonna lie about a hole in one is just you're gonna know you know what I mean? You're going to know. Now, first of all, you were honest about the fact that you're a 20 handicapped after 11 years, okay? That's what you're going to be the rest of your life. So you're owning it. You know what I mean? You're taking it in. You're owning the fact that you're just hitting practice balls over water because you don't think you can get it there, bro. I love that about you. Let me tell you what I do know. I know that you're a golfer because you said hurting wind. You know what I mean? There's certain little buzzwords. Anyone who says hurting wind, they get it. They know golf. They know what's up. I think it's great, dude. You got a hole in one in my book. I mean, I don't think you're going to get a plaque up at the course, and you're not going to get a plaque in your home unless you make one for yourself, which, honestly, I think you should. And if any of your buddies are out there listening, Mike, they should be making you a plaque because you did it, all right? You did it. Um, we got a, a, a call. First of all, that's Mike from Texas. Thank you, Mike, for calling in. We got this next call. 
<laughs> I love this. Steve from Wyoming. Steve from Wyoming calling in. Let's play this. Let's play this voicemail. Jay Weezy. Steve from uh, Wyoming. Handicap 10.5. Playing the TaylorMade TP model irons ping driver. Um, yeah. So, question. I work all day and I. Um, actually, I'm an assistant golf course superintendent. So by the end of the day, when I want to play, say, nine holes somewhere, I'm a little fatigued and notice that my golf swing isn't as great as compared to, say, on the weekend when I get a good night's rest. And um, I guess my question is, you know, what do you recommend as far as, you know, getting energy before playing around, you know, rather than taking a bunch of caffeine or you know an energy drink or something like that what would you recommend uh to try to loosen up and get ready for a nine all right cool thank you have a good one all right steve um <clears throat> first of all i want to go back to mike real quick mike said he listened to crab feast for those of you who don't know i used to co-host a podcast called the crab feast podcast Super fun podcast. It's still available on iTunes. Go back, subscribe, listen to it. There's seven years of podcast there. Okay, that's 350 plus episodes, and they're fantastic. Uh, let's get back to Steve in Wyoming. Steve, Steve Weezy, calling me Jay Weezy. Dude, I'll take Jay Weezy all day. I always want a nickname, never got one. Excuse me, tried to call myself Dis in high school because I was a goalie, and I was like, yeah, call me Dis. That never really took. So I'll take Jay Weezy all day. Uh, first off, playing nice clubs. Second off, you're, you got a dream job, bro. Second in command, golf superintendent. How good is the course? And here's the deal. I say dream job because every golfer's like, man, like my dream is when I retire from comedy and entertainment and writing and everything else that I do under the sun. I want to be a marshal at a golf course. I want to be sitting in a cart under a tree in the shade, sipping an Arnold Palma, smoking a joint. Because I'm going to be the guy that's like, yeah, good. Now, I will make you keep time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a dope dad. I'm a dope dad. But I still have discipline. I still make sure you're in bed on time. I'm going to let you stay up to read a little. But you're going to do your chores. You're not going to leave your shoes. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm going to be dope. But dopeness, love comes from caring. So as a marshal, I like a guy who's chill, but is like, guys, keep the pace up. Because nobody wants to wait on a golf course. Nobody. Um... Here's the thing. We all think you have a dream job, but for you, it, it probably takes a little away from golf. So not just your energy, but like your passion and your love. I'm a comedian. People all the time. Dude, what a great job. You must. Do you know how often I watch comedy? I don't. Because for people who aren't comedians, they watch a joke and they laugh hysterically. I study it. I'm like, oh, okay. I see what they did there. I like how they did that. You know, it's tough for me to like disengage. So for you, I'd imagine it's tough to like disengage from golf and you're saying you're tired from work we all get tired from work but you're tired from working in golf and then going to play golf you know what I mean I I bet it's tough for you to be on a hole and and not see the rough too thick or not see that someone didn't put the pin back or seeing that the out-of-bounds stake is in the wrong place I'm sure I would go crazy like I, I I think that would probably ruin me as far as golf goes I also appreciate that you're trying to get out for nine. I hate going out for nine. I like playing 18. I want to get it all in. Because when I get done with nine, I'm like, oh, I want more. I want more. I honestly think golf should be like 
22 holes. You know what I mean? I always want more than even 18. But nine, I, I appreciate that you're trying to get out there because it's almost like you're trying to force golf into your life, bro. Steve, it's, you know what I mean? It's kind of like you're trying to force it in because you're around it all the time, but you want to get nine in. Do you? Or do you want to play 18? A couple things I would try. One, I meditate. I do TM. It's 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. Do I keep it up all the time? No. Should I? Yeah. Does it make me rejuvenate? Yeah. So if I were you, finish up. Get Go find a quiet place on the course that no one's going to see it. There's probably some picnic table behind the cart barn where guys are smoking weed, right? Find some space there and just take 10 minutes yourself. Close your eyes. Take deep breaths and just let go of work for the day. And say, all right, let's go have fun and plug yourself back into golf. You know what I mean? And something I try to do that I don't do all the time, I don't like to have swing thoughts where I'm like, hands down, grip here, uh, come over the top, make sure you're not staying outside. I don't like to do all that. I like to tell myself all that when I'm at the range, when I'm putting, walking around, getting a getting a Arnold Palmer before I get out there. You know what I mean? Tell yourself those things so that it just like, Trust that your brain and your body's going to absorb it. You're an athlete. You're a good golfer anyway. But for you, I would just like sit there and be like, all right, forget about, forget about the, your boss because you're the second superintendent, so you got someone you're answering to. Just let go of them. Let go of all the work situations, the work calls. I would also try to golf maybe somewhere that's not your course and try and get out by yourself. You know what I mean? Just get out there by yourself and not put like restrictions on yourself. And I would personally set up days, like I'm not good at relaxing, okay? I need to like plan in my days. Oh, hey, how about you relax for an hour in the backyard, lay a blanket out and just bring a snack out there. What am I, a 78-year-old woman who lives on an island off the coast of Maine? No, but I do like that lifestyle a little bit. I have to remind myself of those things. So I would just be conscious of like why you want to golf and not try and force in that nine, bro. You know what I mean? Plan it. But I think if you can just take some time before you golf, that's your best bet. I appreciate you, Steve. And uh, I appreciate you inviting me out to Wyoming to golf. I think that's really, I mean, I know you didn't say that, but I think we all know that's something you're thinking about. Um, I'm going to play for you. We're going to play the full voicemail now from what you heard. Again, as always, one eight three three my golf line Call in with your your sitch or your stories. Um, this is Rick in Cleveland. We're going to play the whole thing, and then we're going to get him on the phone. We're going to chat with him a little bit because uh, I think there's something deeper going on here than just a uh, than just an addiction to golf. Let's play. This is Rick out in Cleveland. Rick. Hi. My name's Rick. Hey, Rick. Uh, my handicap's like a 16, 17. <clears throat> Uh, my daughter's crying because she's unhappy. I play uh, some Mizuno irons, tailor-made woods. <clears throat> uh, I have a small addiction problem. I uh, I like to sneak up to the roof at work and hit golf balls off of it. Um, sometimes they uh, the said golf balls skirt towards uh, houses in the uh, neighborhood. Uh, any suggestions how to uh, fix this uh, addiction problem? <clears throat> Thanks, Rick from Cleveland. Um, so when I heard that voicemail, I was like, all right, this is not just what I'm going to comment. I need to talk to Rick. Um, so we're going to call Rick, 
get him on the phone. I, I think there's a lot of things I want to talk about with Rick. So uh, sit tight. We're going to get him on the call. We're going to get him on and uh, chat with. We're going to chat with Rick. Hello. Rick, Jay Larson here with the Golf Line. What's up, buddy? Where are you? Uh, so I am in uh, Stanwood, Michigan at the uh, Tullamore Golf Resort on the on the uh, very important 19th hole. So wait, are you – it's a fr- – It's what time is it there? It's got to be like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I thought you lived in Cleveland. Uh, no, it's uh, – yeah, yeah, 3 o'clock, exactly. Yeah, it's still Eastern time in Michigan apparently, so. Okay, but what I'm, what I'm saying is what are you doing in golfing in Michigan? Uh, it is a, uh, it's, it's pretty much a bachelor party is, is how I can describe it. So basically your golf addiction goes further than just going up under the roof during a lunch <laughs> to hit golf balls. You just like, you just, you just bounce for golf weekend. How often are you doing golf weekends, bro? So, th- you know, the problem, the problem with my roof, with my, with my rooftop golf addiction is like it, I kind of use it as like a, uh, a way to get over my nervousness before like a big golf outing. Um, you know, I, I used to like, I used to go up there, whack a couple balls and I wasn't allowed to do it. And it kind of like gives you a little dopamine rush. Um, so it, it, it kind of turned into my way to like, hold, hold on. What do, what do you do for work? First of all, what, what do you do for work? Uh, I, I work at a, uh, like a trucking warehouse. Okay. And what is around the warehouse that you're able to go up there and hit golf balls without slicing into neighborhoods what do you normally hit if you hit it clean what are you hitting into so okay well the problem is when i started 10 years ago it was kind of a bad neighborhood so there was it didn't matter where you hit it i mean like there was like dead buildings over there and a dead building over there and it didn't matter but you know fast forward 10 years to now and now there's like a school over here and now they built some new condo units like like the neighborhood's kind of being gentrified and I'm kind of like closed into like this little 30 yard gap. And, and, and if I, if I hook it, it's like, it, it, it it's going to end up bad. But my problem is like, I, I kind of use this as like a crux to get over like the nervousness of golfing. All right. No, no, you didn't. No, no, you didn't, Rick. Let me tell you something. You started this 10 years ago. You've been hitting, how many golf balls are in the neighborhood, Ben? And where are you getting these balls? Are you stealing them from driving ranges? What are you doing? You know, you go golfing, you find a ball, you grab it. I, I normally, I'll, I'll, I usually hit five on the roof. I kind of, I kind of set my limit at five. If, if, if I sneak up onto the roof, I'll go up, I'll hit five, I'll hit five balls and, you know, and get back down before someone notices because, you know, I'm not really supposed to be like on the roof. Um, so, but like I said, the problem is now, now fast forward 10 years, like there's like people living in these houses now, like there's, there's, there's a, there's a school over there, like there's parked cars. Like if I kind of grab that rubber roof a little too much, it, you know, it, it, it might hit something important. Wait a minute. All right. So a couple questions. One, I want to know, I want to know how many stories the building is. I want to know you're hitting off rubber, so you're not even putting like a, a grass mat up there. You're going five balls at a clip, and I want to know on average what club are you taking up? Are you working a certain club? If you have a 30-yard gap to hit into, and you're at a 20 handicap, bro, I can't imagine you hit it that often. So I, uh, I have this old set of uh, Lynx, like Predator clubs that my dad <laughs> used to play a long time ago. And I snuck a seven iron, oh. like kind of upstairs, and I kind of have it hidden in the stairwell to the roof. 
Like if someone, like if my boss saw me just walking around the golf club, he's gonna know. So I kind, I kind of have it hidden in the stairwell, and I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll stick a couple balls in each pocket, and I'll kind of sneak up onto the roof, and I, I use, I use these roof shots as like, it's kind of like forbidden fruit. You know what I mean? Like I would like, I would kind of use to like get over my anxiety of playing golf in front of other people. No, I th- you know what I think you're doing? I think you're creating anxiety by sneak. First of all, how many stories? <laughs> Dude, I, I, I honestly, I love you. I think you're one of the greatest human beings on the planet. I mean, I think you got some deep, deep-seated issues. I mean, this is like, did you ever sneak out of your house as a kid to like go see friends? Uh, I, I might have climbed out of the window a couple times, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is what you're doing, bro. First of all, how desperate... How desperate of a golfer that you're you're hoarding golf balls for this activity. You're stealing a Lynx golf club, maybe the worst clubs ever created. And you're talking to a guy who used to play big bursers. Not Berthas, bursers. Okay? And then you're, you've been doing this for 10 years. You got it hidden in a stairwell. First of all, no one's going to think... People, yes, they'll. Your boss will think you're hitting golf balls if he sees you with a golf club. But you know when else they'll think that is when some second graders bring in home their new craft project and they they take a a titleist, you know, you know, hardcover ball off the dome because you're up there <laughs> trying to cure your anxiety of golfing with people. It's it's like I said, I, I have an addiction to it. That's that's why I'm calling. Can I ask you this? Are you doing anything else in your life that is like pushing boundaries or like? Are you like stealing from CVSs and stuff too? What? <laughs> no, I, I'd say that's that, that might be the most risque thing I do is 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 go up on the roof without permission and hit a couple golf balls. How many stories is this building? I, I still haven't got that answer. I mean, it's it's a high bay building, and then there's a floor on top of it, so it's probably like three stories up. All right. So, basic. By the way, just so you know, because I don't know if you're bringing a range finder up there to get distances, right? But that seven iron is probably playing more like a five. You know what I mean? It's like you're hitting off the top deck at Top Golf. You know what I mean? You got to take in the height. Are you are you factoring these things in? Yeah, or, it, honestly, it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you just getting up there and whacking? You know, and the nice thing is there's like some train tracks alongside our building, so that's kind of eating up like fifty or sixty yards. But like I said, you know, like back in the day when I started, it wasn't a big deal. It was kind of like a victimless crime, but. You know, I, I'm almost like correcting on it to like ease some of my anxiety about golfing. All right. Let me just tell you this. Two things I want to know. When I, <clears throat> well, first, I used to live up in like the backside of the Hollywood Hills overlooking the Universal City back lot. And there were prop houses back there, like on the property. And one time my friend brought home this giant box of oranges from his family's orange cousins had an orchard or whatever. And we would run and chuck them off our balcony and to see if we could hit the houses on the back lot that they would use for sets. At any point, did you break any windows in like abandoned buildings or houses? Because if that was where you started with this whole thing. <laughs> exactly. I'm you know what I mean? Board. It was like like the neighborhood was just it was nothing like there, nobody lived there. There was no businesses back then. But as as we fast forward through time till now, it's 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 kind of becoming a problem. But like I said, I, I kind of like. Like it's like a forbidden fruit thing. I kind of like, you know, like I'm on this bachelor golf trip now, and earlier in the week, I went and hit a couple balls, and just that that like 
that like childish giddy nature follows me to the golf course and i'm like you know like i just hit some golf balls on the roof i can hit this drive off the first hole like you know and uh this is this is this is my addiction problem in life with golf yeah i think you need to curb it bro have you gone to the range how about this why don't we just find something new you can do because you can't be hitting up there in the winter and actually you know what what do i care i say keep hitting dude (laughs) just stay away from the school stay away from the houses right and just keep hitting what are we doing this is what this is we all need little places we can sneak out and hit golf balls bro we'd all be hitting them down the park if you could i'd be throwing a javelin down there if i could throw a javelin you know what i mean so unless you want to the only thing i would say is if you want to pick up stealing like a candy bar every now and then that might give you the same rush i'm all about stealing i think i mean i used to steal big time when i was a kid i haven't now, like the most I'll steal is like a, a magazine from like a, a, a like yeah. a waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll grab like a a golf magazine. You know what I mean? Otherwise, man, I say go for it. How'd you do in the first round of the tournament this weekend? You know what? We did a uh, we did a scramble. I think we were like uh, like eight under for the for the eighteen holes, which is which is just fine with me. You know, you're happy when you do a scramble, and you know, maybe they use ten or eleven mm-hmm. of your shots, and so. Uh, that's fine with me. I'm a pretty uh, crap golfer, so maybe you can. Uh, maybe listen. Maybe tonight you sneak up to the top of the hotel and you you hit a couple. Get the nerves up for tomorrow, so you get on top of the hotel and you hit a couple. You know what I mean? I'll I'll, I'll try and find the fire escape. I promise. Hey man, I appreciate you uh, calling in and leaving a message, man, and sharing that with us. I think it's you might be the only guy in America who's hitting off the roof of his work just to uh, ease tension. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that with us, buddy. You know what? And I appreciate what you guys do. You got, you guys do great work. You've really uh, kind of opened up my, uh, my life of golf. I, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely enjoy it more with the uh, random golf club. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to some, uh, some golf wine podcasts. So thanks. Thank you guys. I appreciate it, man. All right, man. Have a great weekend out there with the boys. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you. I mean, give it up for Rick in Cleveland and Michigan. I mean, I obviously, obviously there's more going on there. He needs something. I mean, you know what I mean? You know how like when you were a kid, you just had the chance to go do some stuff, like sneak on. That's what he needs to do. Rick, I know you're still listening because what else you would you be doing, you psycho? You should be sneaking on a golf courses at night or you should be sneaking on like go pay for nine and play 18 or pay for 18 and play 36 because clearly you need something, bro. And, you know, you're going to if you need it, go get it. Get that rush. Otherwise, like I said, every now and then just steal something. I think that's the way to go. Like go to a yard sale and steal there. You know what I mean? Or go to a yard sale and haggle. That's the best way to do it. And because uh, he's not even doing it to improve his game. He's just doing it to like get this anxiety out of his head, which that's not even real. He's just made it up to have an excuse to go up there and hit golf balls because he likes to rush. Um, I appreciate Rick. I appreciate everyone who's calling and leaving voicemails at one eight three three my golf line, and I appreciate my guest today. Uh, I've known this guy for a long time. Hilarious comedian and actor. He can sing. He's somewhat of an athlete, and uh, I just love him to death. So please welcome to the Golf Line Podcast, Mr. Brent Morin, everybody. Brent Morin. Golf clap. Golf clap. Here we 
There he is. The man, the myth, the legend. Brent Warren, everybody. Nice radio voice. You like that voice, don't you? <laughs> yeah. That's one thing I've always hated about you, is that you can sing. You have like a good voice. What? That you sing. I, I don't like it. I don't like anyone who can sing. I, I think it's arrogant. Give us give us a couple bars or something. It, it, the older I get, the more arrogant it is. I was doing a voiceover for Cartoon yesterday, so I don't know if I have it, but... <clears throat> Whoa, hey, hey, let's go golf line. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, as if for those of you uh, who may not know Brent, he was on a great show called Undateable for a while, which I was so envious of because it was a sitcom, multi-cam, so it was like live studio audience. But it was the first show in years that they would record and air it live. So everything was happening live. And I was just so jealous of that. What was that like, bro? I mean, did you guys like every night after recording just go out and get dinners at like Musso and Frank and stuff? I mean, that's what I would do. <laughs> Honestly, it was uh, it was such a rush and it was so awesome because you're also doing it with your comedian friends. So you're kind of trying to mess with each other and, and Bill Lawrence, our boss, would throw in like real life insults to see how we'd react on live television. So it did get to a point where you were like, you'd see a, a whatever joke in the script and you go, Oh, they're getting me this week. They're going to bring something up from my past. I know it. And then it would be you getting burned. Like, yeah, well that's why you're balding or whatever it is. And then you're like, Oh no. And it brings something up from like the undateable tour. Oh man. So then, yeah, you would have this adrenaline rush and then you try to think, what can I say here? Because this is where I probably have to come up with something because I know they're going to get me or they dump water on my head or anything where I'm like, or smack me or Ed Sheeran kissing me. None of that's planned. So you just kind of have to yes and it. And then honestly, after the show, me and Chris uh, D'Elia would go and do stand up because you're just on such a high. We go and do stand up and then oh get those adrenaline headaches. <laughs> I should have gone out and did things. I know. I would have just been like, I just kept picturing you guys all around this big table with like a seafood tower and steaks and just being like, yeah, we just shot our TV. You know what I yeah. mean? It just felt very like Dean Martin. Um, yeah. Speaking of your stand-up. Yeah, I was going to say Dean Martin, Carol Burnett show or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> speaking of your stand-up, one of my favorite bits always was, uh, it's so you. You have this way of being confident, but also like being like allowing yourself to be humiliated. Like that bit you used to do about like asking a girl out, and she. Like, oh yeah. You, you like embarrass yourself, and you're like, Mike, get the car, and you walk around in a circle. I've watched that Conan clip of you so many times because it's just like you know, like every now and then you see a joke and you're like, oh man, that just hits. That's just so funny to me. I always love that about you. I have those. I have, I've had those with you. I mean, one of my favorites is that long story about the road rage. And then you go and I go to reach down to pull something out and none of that ever happened. Like it didn't just turn the whole thing. Yeah. I've always loved that. I was like, that turn killed me. I just remember that from years ago. But yeah, dude, I'm still that. I'm in my mid thirties and I'm still doing, tripping on things and doing stupid i always say i'm almost cool you know it's just right there on the edge and then it just uh messed it up no because that's not true because when you know when i had you on the craft mm. years ago we really got into it and it's like oh yeah my brother's a doctor i almost went pro <laughs> <in> baseball <laughs> i draw i sing i my my dad you know my dad used to fly f-14s just well. for kicks that never happened, but like, you kind of come from like a prodigy family. Uh, hard working for sure, I'd, I'd say. But then you used to throw. What, what, 
Take it easy. I don't think you worked that hard. <laughs> well, I've never had a voice lesson or anything, but I also don't have a hit record. So <laughs> it's not maybe sometimes I'm like, I got a Tom Brady this, and I didn't do it. What, did you think you were going to become a singer, or was it always comedy in the cards for you? Uh, yeah, filmmaker, which I'm still working on. Like the acting, writing, directing was school stuff, and then stand-up was just something I did to see if I was funny. And then a place to like actually do something, because I was not good looking enough to just be a headshot on a desk and I I was like if I'm a blank script on a desk they don't know me who's going to buy it so maybe if I do this people will give me the opportunity and the other stuff which worked you know just but it didn't happen overnight it takes it takes us years to figure out how to do it and uh but yeah music was the first thing I I had like an opportunity with I love it but I'm like terrified of it cuz I love it so much but uh I still record by myself what that's what this crap's for. You have you have like <laughs> albums recorded? No, I have songs that I never released. During the pandemic, I thought about it. <clears throat> I was like, everybody gets on iCloud. Or what is that? Uh, is it iCloud? No. Uh, see, I don't even know the name of uh, iCloud. No, iStream. GarageBand. <laughs> it's, uh, no, you Garage hear like Band. all these acts, like they put one song out on Spotify or something, and then they're playing like uh, Lollapalooza. And I was thinking like, I mean, that's never going to happen, but how fucking funny would it be if I woke up the next day? And mm-hmm. It's like, hey, Post Malone's calling you. Like, what? But now I'm like, I'm just like, that's ah, not going to happen. But let me ask you this. All right, so you're good at sports. You could sing. You could act. Where does golf fall in? Where was golf when you were a kid? Golf, for me, that was a, a me and dad thing. I remember he would uh, get golf clubs from like the <clears throat> high school like golf team or whatever and uh and i remember i got fitted for my first little club when i was like i think i started in sixth grade he wasn't going to take me out until i was in middle school and uh we'd play the vernon you could play at sunset where it's like six bucks but you're just racing the sun so it's just you and deer and then you try to like hit and i'm hitting from the red tees but i you know for me honestly it was like if my dad does it i'm doing it like, my dad played baseball. I want to play baseball. Dad does basketball. Yeah. I'm playing basketball. Oh, dad, where's dad now? Oh, he's golfing so he can smoke a cigar and get away from mom. I go, well, I want to get out there with you. And he finally took me out there all the time because that was his escape from us. I think I ruined his escape, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, I used to go out there. But it started when I was, like, sixth grade. I started in sixth grade, too. I started intramurals with Miss Murphy. She started intramurals. But let me tell you what I love about your dad right now. Mm. When I take my kids golfing, we play an executive par three course, and I call and I book the last tee time of the day. I don't want to be holding yep. anybody up. And I take my kids to the range, but like I want them, they got to learn etiquette and they have to learn on a course because you can't. I remember I, we would just go out on this, the, the course in my town, and I can't even imagine how frustrating it was for anyone behind us. And I'm like, I'm ne- when I see dads out there with their kids and they're just like taking 15 shots, I want to just grab them and be like, don't tell me you just paid the money. Yeah. So they can play. Get the fuck out of here. You come when no one else is here. Teach them respect. Teach them not to walk mm-hmm. over lines, when to tee off, when to hit, when to look. Don't be in my blind spot when I'm driving. So I respect Yeah, all the, all the things. It was like my dad waited to the last possible time in the day to take me out so that he wasn't like stressed or yelling because I'm still looking for the ball. Like, leave it. It's gone. Get a new one. <laughs> Drop it. And mm-hmm. let's move on. Plus, totally. he had that East Coast anger in him, too. So he'd be like, pick it up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's the time to play, that, to start. And it's I take friends out now who don't play. Like, there's certain guys who want to play, but they're older. And I go, all right, well, we can either go at, like, 6 a.m. 
and play like nine somewhere that nobody's going to be on a weekday. Or we're going to have to play like sunset hour where they cut all the, the times because you got about an hour to, to hit a hole or something because I'm not taking you out when we're going to have foursomes behind us. And everybody gets mad out there anyway. Don't give them more fuel. We're all not happy right now. <laughs> yeah. What about, uh, so wait, so you're golfing in Connecticut. You'd go out at sunset with your old man. What do you call him, by the way? So I didn't really have a dad. Uh, so I tell my kids all the time, you call me Pops. I tell the kids all the time, like, Pops. They go, Dad or Daddy? I'm like, no, you call me Pops. And my daughter is really good. She'll be like, Pops? And my son just won't get on board with it. But I want to be Pops. What do you call it? You call him Dad or my old man? Like, when you're telling stories about him. Well, I, if people that know me close, I'll just say, like, uh, like a Jason Collings or Rick Lassman or, or my other buddy, like certain people that I'm close with, I go, well, you should have seen Jerry out there today because it's just a funny name. Well, Jerry lost his shit today. But for me, it was always dad. And if yeah. he yelled at me, I would I'm such a smart ass. I would go, yes, father. You know, and just always go, yes, father. As if I'm some orphan boy that's stuck with this, this like, gatekeeper. He used to hate that. And I go, right away, father. Yeah. And he'd be like, don't act like I beat you. <laughs> At what age would you start doing that? What age did you start doing that? I think right when puberty was hitting, I was starting to learn how to be funny on purpose. And that's where I really started. By high school, when it was class clown time, I would always go, Father, yes, I'm sorry, Father, in front of friends. And then sometimes I'd be like, Jerry, Jerry, over here, just to mess with him. And he'd always say, call me dad. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I see my son starting to develop exactly what you're mm-hmm. talking about. And because I never, I know what I used to do with my mom because I had a mom, but I didn't, I never had anything around a dad. So when my son starts doing stuff with me, I'm just like, oh, he's fucking with his dad. <laughs> like, this is so yeah. weird that he gets this experience. And I love watching it. Like, I'll say things and he'd be like, oh, dad setting a, setting a guideline. He'd just like say these things. I'm like, you're talking shit to your dad. Yeah. To me, bro. To me. And I love it. I love yeah. seeing it. So I love that. <laughs> And I decided, you know, I've been directing way more in the last three years mm-hmm. than anything. And I'm like, I think I might get to the point where I just start telling people that, that everyone just calls me Pops. Like, just everyone calls me Pops. Oh, that's cool. So that my kids have to yeah. call me Pops. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's also kind of cool. I think that makes people comfortable. I just love that that you have golf as a thing with your, your old man. You know what I mean? I love that, like... Uh, yeah. Cause that's like such a great, like I listen, you know, with my son and my daughter, I'm like, I don't care if they're into sports, you don't have to play sports, but there's two Mm -hmm. things you need to do. You need to golf because it's an activity. Mm -hmm. It's something we can go do. You don't have to be great. You just have to know it. And you got to play catch Uh, because I don't care if you don't play baseball, but we got to have a catch. You know what I mean? Like you got to be able to have a catch. You got to be able to catch and throw. And I'm, and obviously ride a bike, but my daughter's like bucking that big time. She's like, I'm not going to ride a bike. I'm like, what (laughs) What happened to your voice? What what are you taking a big stance on bike riding? (laughs) You just like, don't want joy in your life. Is that what your vibe is? Yeah. Um, you told me about a coyote with you and your old man out there. Oh yeah. Well, the big thing, the big thing with my dad, and this is what I always try to tell my mom, is like, my dad is, how old am I? I'm 35. So my dad's sober 36 years from booze and anything. And uh, 
but he likes the cigar. So his thing is a walk and a cigar. So my mom would always give him shit. They're still together, by the way, 50 years, which makes it way more entertaining when they stick it out because you see all the dysfunction. But <laughs> she would always go, he'd come in smelling like cigars all the time because he'd go hit balls. We had like fields that didn't have houses on them yet. So he'd just go out in the field. He goes, I'm going for a walk. Yeah, why don't you go for a walk, Jerry? Go take another walk because he's going to have a cigar and he'll be out there and hit. So then I'm getting, I'm young and I want to go see where he is. This is how stupid I am. I see this dog running across the field towards me. And the first thought I have is I go, why is that dog galloping? I've never seen a dog gallop like a horse. And not realizing it's either a wolf or a coyote. And now my dad is going, inside! And I go, inside? And I, I'm not moving. I'm literally old enough to process that this is coming right at me. Get inside. So my dad just started hitting line drives, uh, golf balls at this, at this horse wolf. Until it finally, like, it hit it on the head and it took a, a left into the woods. And I go, still went, what dog was that? Whose dog was that? My dad was like, are you kidding me? That was a coyote or a wolf. It was, I guess it was coming at my dad. He was hitting balls and it beelined it for me. Oh, my God. Yeah, because we had a lot of animals around, but I, I didn't know what the hell it was. I yeah. just could not forget. I love that you also grew up on the, plain, uh, you know, out on the plains. You know what I mean? I love that you guys were moving west. In, on the plains yeah. of America in the 1800s. <laughs> and, uh, you know, by the way, a lot of people don't know this, but the way Tiger Woods perfected his stinger was coyotes, man. They would release coyotes, and then he just ding, hit stingers at them. Really? No, bro. I'm gullible. Honestly, I, I tell people I grew up, where I grew up was like a Stephen, Kick, uh, Stephen King book without it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's basically just picture that, and there you go. You know, everything's a little haunted looking, yeah. you know, but it's not in the uh, sewer, in the sewer grate right now. Just the coyotes. I love that, too. It's that generation of men who weren't able to just say, like, I love you. And if anything happened to you, I'd be destroyed. It's you're everything to me. Their way is being like, what are you, an idiot? You're so fucking dead. You know, like, you're going to hit yeah. by a cut. Like, they, can't, they couldn't. Pro that idea of just being vulnerable to the child is just too much for them. Yeah. It way too, especially my dad is, uh, he's older, five, he's 78, and I'm 35, so that's pretty old. So he was that generation of, of that still with the, uh, uh oh, is dad going to hit us if I'm late for curfew? Like, even though he wouldn't, but the threat's there, you know? <laughs> you would yeah. constantly, if, if his fast got, if, his, if the pace of his walk got faster downstairs, that's where you're like, get in the house, get, get in the room, you know? But nothing would happen. Yeah. It was just a threat. <laughs> and now it's a sit down chat. Hey, it worked for me. You know, yeah, I knew dads that like the way that they would get you to do stuff is they would just start taking <laughs> off their belt. Like I had friends, dad, they would just be taking their belt off. Yeah, they never hit them with the belt, but they just let you know, like, yo, the belt's coming off, and you're about. That's the way they yeah. were like, hey, get ready for dinner. Is yeah, you want to get a belt across your ass? I have I a positive attitude on it. I'm not traumatized. But let me ask you this, dude. You've been successful. You had a TV show on the air for three years. Then you had another show. You've done movies with Dennis Quaid. You know, you're doing this animated show. Are you at a point in your life that you've been able to, like, take your dad, like, on a bro trip or, like, dial him in in the golf world? You know what I mean? Like, have you been able to do that yet? Yeah, I took my dad to uh, Hawaii to play golf and we played every mm. day i forgot the name of it but it was a fancy mm. fancy course cost a fortune but it was so worth it 
You know, it's like the kind where you get the caddy with you and the plaque and your name on it with the sauna. And then I took him to uh, yeah. uh, the Wynn golf course over at the Wynn. You know, we had a nice fancy morning there, but then it got too hot. And I, I, I've taken him to multiple golf courses. What I want to do, uh, but he's got a surgery in October, so that goes well. Then I, what I want to do is do this, this trip that uh, old prop guy at uh, Conan, rest in peace, uh, he... Bill Toll, he, he was the one, he told me about this, he was a big golfer, and there's this thing in Ireland where you can play, and then it kind of, you follow the courses, like, and stay at a hotel, it's weird, I I really got, if somebody wants to tell me what that is, but there's some, like, it's like a journey where you go up the coast, and it's a course, and there's these signs, and then you stay at a bed and breakfast, and then you you golf the next morning to the next one, or it's something crazy like that, where I was like, it's like Lord of the Rings for golf, where's that, so... I could find that. That would be a fun one. I, first of all, yeah, you can find it, dude. I, I, again, it's not the 1800s. No one's going to show <laughs> yeah, up. On I just got to type, yeah, type it in. <laughs> no one's going to show up on horseback and be like, just "Were you looking to go in. to Ireland?" Because they have that too, don't they? Have like the Bobby Jones like track in the South, like through Alabama. You like you can do this whole thing and and uh, and play the different courses. I think which dude taking your dad to Ireland just to do the old course. That's a good yeah, idea. Would be sick, bro. Would be sick. I think so too. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, dude, I th- that's the, my favorite thing. It's like having the chance to take my dad to like cool courses that we never would have been able to play if I wasn't on a TV yeah. show or didn't know certain people that could get us on. You know, that's that's my favorite. I want to get you out of here, man. I appreciate your time. But you told me about about this sunset walk, smoking cigars at that Hawaii course. What is that? Well, I mean, that was an incredible time. But my dad was just in town, and uh, and he had during the pandemic had oh, yeah. a cancer scare and had to get a, a cancer surgery. Luckily, it's gone. But now he has to like use a catheter to like pee. So what pissed me off is that mm-hmm. he he would beat me like at a hole and then go to the bathroom to, with this snake go got to got to go real quick and i'm just sitting out there with my thoughts going Brent you're 35 like what are you doing this guy is looks like bernie sanders but shorter like you have to beat him at this hole like he outdrove you you idiot like i'm having all these moments as opposed to i hope he's okay in there <laughs> And then he comes out, out drives me again. Not to mention the guy's got a, a tube yeah. sticking out of his. Yeah, the guy's got a tube sticking out of his dick, and he's still beating yeah. you at golf. And you can, you have all your limbs. You could probably run a forty yard dash in five two. I don't know, maybe five three. And this guy's still smoking. That's what's great about golf, man. Yeah, I know. That's why. That's why I agree with you about that's. A, and I was telling my little brother too. I said, uh, who was a figure skater and then likes tennis, but. Dude, he's had knee surgeries and heel surgeries and back surgeries. And I'm like, dude, finally he's listening to me. I go, you're a doctor now. You're a grown-up. Learn golf. So you got to get outside. You're driving yourself mm-hmm. nuts by not doing an activity. You need something to do to take that stress away. Plus, it's a great way to make friends and network in your job. I'm like, get out there. Get in the sun. Be, have a smile. Because every time me and my dad come back, we're actually happy, and then the house is stressful. Like Matthew's yelling at mom, and it's just all this extra crap. Where I'm like, me and dad are, we're going in the pool. We're good. <laughs> I tell everybody, I love it. Like, I love dude, it, pick man. up golf. It's over for us in other sports. It's totally. done. It's done. <laughs> Don't do it. <clears throat> and 
you know what? Go like you said. Go out at twilight. Hit the range once in a while. You'll always go to the. I mean, you might not always play nine with someone who's just learning, but you'll definitely go to the range with someone who's just learning. And then you putt yeah. together and then get some lessons. It's not like your brother's a doctor; he can't afford it. Get the fuck out! Of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man, get out there. Listen, man, I love you, bro. I appreciate you coming on uh, the Lions yeah. Then podcast, obviously. And what about on social? Where can people check you out, Brent Morin? What is it? Yeah, just my name, Brent Morin, B-R-E-N-T-M-O-R-I-N. That's for Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And I got some new tour dates coming up. I'm working on uh, my new special that uh, hopefully I could shoot in uh, the new year. And uh, But I'm running around tightening it up like crazy and just writing a bunch of stuff, yeah. getting ready to direct some things too. So I shall be around hopefully. I love it. Unless this business is done with me, then I'll just move to Ireland and find that course. Yeah, I mean, it'll be so hard. You'll have to search far and wide uh brent morn i love you man thanks for hopping on the golf line with us and uh hopefully we'll get out there on the course soon bro awesome thanks for having me dude i miss you we'll get out and play i gotta see that swing again that's our podcast this week everybody special thanks to brent morin rick in cleveland steven wyoming mike in texas mike Everybody out there, thanks so much for calling in. Remember, always call in 1-833-MY-GOLF-LINE, Jay Larson Comedy on Instagram, and the Golf Line Podcast on Instagram. We will see you next week, you guys. Thanks so much. Golf Line, Golf Line, calling on the Golf Line, for your swing, for your swing. Golf Line, Golf Line, got you calling on the Golf Line with Jay Larson.